episode number 152 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tommy, what a fantastic looking background you've got today. I mean, you know, it's either Laura Muir has, has, has doubled in size and she's in your apartment right now looking over your shoulder with sheer delight with that that silver medal with a, 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 a wee sunflower to give you too. Eh? Look at that. You're even giving her a cuddle, but unfortunately, oh. I still see your arm going right through her neck there. Uh, it's what a fantastic week of uh, Scottish athletics in, oh. term, in the Olympics. It was amazing, wasn't it? I would love to give her a cuddle. The amount of joy <laughs> that girl brought us last week oh. was just incredible. Wasn't it just, eh? I mean, you, you, you've even got a little, uh, a wee, you know, you could give her a virtual hug just now. You know, she's right behind you. You get, go on, let's sit. Like one for the gram, Tommy. Look at yes. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy, look at <laughs> Jeez, oh. <laughs> this that is going to be X-rated. Nah, I'm joking. Uh, that was a, just, it was a wee a, cuddle. It was just a wee cuddle. She is uh, oh, amazing. And I mean, like, this week, listeners, is going to be a real dive into the Olympics because there was, from a, just a Scottish athletics perspective, let alone Team GB, there was so much to, so much to watch, so much to get excited about uh and uh yeah we're, so we're going to jump into that uh the usual we've got our usual stuff uh, how we've been getting on we've got all the um all the the race results as well and the thing is it's monday it's the for me one of the worst mondays every four years it's the olympic hangover and oh. it's that day when you're just like oh god yeah. what's is next? it all finished well, you know what's next, folks? The ACP 100K. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's next day. Eh? Exactly. And we I can't wait to get that red button. <laughs> exactly. The better coverage in our BBC, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but we do have the Paralympics that will be coming up as well. We've got yes. a, a, an amazing... Oh, Scottish you know, interest there. Exactly. So, you know, we'll be, we'll, we'll be sure to, you know, keep you apprised by our by our progress, particularly in the athletic side of things, um, you know, in, in the Scottish perspective. So yeah, it'll be good to, to, to keep the listener, you know, keep yourselves in the loops folks. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, today is the first day that Scotland's been unleashed um, past level zero, which opens up an array of, you know, an array of things. I mean, stuff the way your face mask or your neck warmer or your race buff, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, uh, going in the streets in the public, but other than that, I mean, I think it's you know where, you, you know, it's a free for all, really, isn't it? You know, you, you races should be coming back. Park runs even coming back this weekend, Tommy. Is Who it? Think, eh? Wow, yeah. You know, it's uh, what two a year and a half. It's been it's been out of action for. So I tell you what, I'm 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 looking forward to you know after the ACP 100K getting myself back into a cheeky wee a cheeky wee park run. Uh, you know with as our as our outro would suggest, where we like park runs, but we also like cross country. Exactly, Nike, yeah. Nike's dodgy shoes and Nike's dodgy shoes. So it's uh, yeah, so no, nah, that'd be good. But I, I'm rambling. But this... right, well, you say that park runs has been back here for uh, for about three four weeks now, and I haven't been along yet just with my knee. Well, but I'm, I, mean, I might you might end up getting to one before I do. France has their own rules, mind you. But uh, yeah. but I mean, you know, one thing about that is the you know, the the country has opened up to the UK again, so I'll be making my way to Tommy's house very soon. Uh, we're looking, potentially planning a, a wee Disneyland trip uh, start of September, so I'll be chatting in your Tommy's door and <laughs> you know, that, that background of yours will just be 
K-Babes, you know. <laughs> that, a TRS jam, eh? Not well, we do, we do a TRS. We've got to do a TRS. We'll find a, a, a cafe in central Paris. That'll be the place to do a, to do a proper TRS in Paris, oh, I think. A cafe with some fine beers and, in, and Indeed, indeed. Um, beers and cheese don't really go, mind you, but... Oh well, it depends. I mean, have you Sullivan Beer Fest was always a that was always a cracker. You get uh, the cheese on the bar with a so we pots of mustard, a bit of bread <laughs> with your beer. I, I was blown away by how tasty a, a sort of snack that was. Ah, oh, brilliant. Well, we are going to keep this one short, but we're going to keep it pretty fairly concentrated. Um, so let's well, let's just get get right into it. Eh? Like, let's chat about the the highlights of last you know last week's olympics from a scottish perspective so well, taking the highlight was laura muir was it well if we let's 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 go chronological again and we think about when last monday we we recorded and then the next uh, it was actually the, was it the next day was the the 800 it was tuesday was the 800 women's final and it was it was heartbreak for Gemma Riki. an incredible run by Keely hodgkinson a great run for uh for Gemma, you know pb but just fourth place. That's the, the gut wrenching place to be, and I really felt for her because she she's someone who's been in such good form. It must be it must be very difficult to see someone come from not nowhere. But you know, Keely wasn't someone who was on the radar at all last year. I mean, maybe if you're a real, you know, a big English athletics uh, fan and stato, but first and the bulk of the the fan base in Scotland certainly that that's that wasn't. Uh, a name that we were expecting to go and medal at Tokyo. So I felt really bad. I felt really, I was gutted for, for Gem. I really was. Um, and that, that kind of, I, that was at a point where I thought, God, this is, this could, this, and we'd already had Ailish fall. And I thought this could go, uh, this athletics week could be pretty, could go a bit peak tongue for the, for not only Scotland, but for Team GB. But fortunately it, it picked up. And I think, Laura was the was the was the sort of catalyst to get that going, and we had her move through the heats without any worry. It looked really controlled, really comfortable. Did it really sensibly. Going into the final, I was really, I thought that no one was going to touch Hassan and uh, uh, Faith Kipiego. Now, uh, how uh, Kipiego? I'm sorry, how wrong was I that uh, actually oh. Hassan's races? I think caught up to her, but also Laura ran the race for life. And what a sensational last, you know, she tactically was so strong. She went with the moves when she needed to. And then on that last lap and that last sort of 250, 300 to come through and uh, go past Hassan with about 150 to go and, and take the medal was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. I've not shouted at the TV that much in a long time. And and I'm sure everyone else, everyone else, it feels like every other athletic fan in Scotland was the same. And also, I was pretty emotional watching it, you know, and yeah. what the, afterwards, I really didn't expect that, uh, to watch something like that and be really moved by, you know, when she sort of broke down in the interview briefly, that that, that just got me. I, I, yeah. I just thought, what a lovely moment of how well-deserved and, oh, just what a star, what an absolute star. Oh yeah, I mean, I watched the whole thing. I just, and I think you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was nice for you know. I was thinking about you when uh, she went past Hassan as well for the you know to get to to pick the silver place. But three fifty four British record, like you can't ask for any better than that. Really. Oh. Like it was just perfect, and you know, initially I thought, I wonder if she's like 
maybe slightly gutted that she didn't get the goal, but she was just overjoyed. See how overjoyed she was about it, and it was just so special to watch. And 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 one thing that's admirable about Laura is the fact that you know she's she's always focused on running, but she's also focused on the professional, having a Mm -hmm. professional career, and not just in athletics, but also in um, you know just in her studies. Being you know a a vet, you know a couple of years a couple of years ago, she 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 took a, a wee a wee break off of running or certainly competing anyway to focus on her exams and and I think that's fairly you know that's hugely admirable to do that and so she's got that sort of backup when it comes to you know when when running's maybe not as a a bigger as big a priority as as maybe what is just now but like I mean that's what a resume that you know she's a she's a qualified vet she's uh got an Olympic silver medal like geez oh you can't ask for better than that can you Oh, you can't. And what what really, it's so well deserved. It's, it's a you know she's been quite. Well, I don't know, unlucky. I mean, you guess luck comes around eventually. But she's obviously finished outside the medals at the major championships in the last uh, few years. She's twenty eight yeah. years old, and you've got to just think that now we'll see. Paris is only three years away. We've got world champs the next couple of years. She can run with a real confidence now, and she you know we've seen that in the last year or two anyway. But now going in with a with a, you know as an Olympic medalist. To go into these races knowing that she doesn't need to be scared of them, knowing that she can cover the moves. Um, what an, it's just it's it's amazing, and and I think uh, yeah, very well deserved. So, and and on my point, I made like we'll come to the women's ten k as well, which was Friday. But I don't know. I, I I was thinking back after that we recorded last week, and I still stand by it. I I it didn't sit well with me the thought of Hassan just cleaning up, and I think uh, I thought I felt much more comfortable with, with Hassan going in to win the 10k knowing that she hadn't also won the, the 15 because I felt like that I mean you know we and I just think in, in the winner and fake it uh, Yegon we saw someone who is a real like just great you know and, and the respect that between her and Laura Muir was quite nice to see actually yeah yeah I noticed that as well it was uh, it was quite nice and yeah yeah I mean hats off to Laura you know it's coming through the the junior ranks into senior and She's always been up there, uh, but to see her at the ripe age of 28 years old winning a, a silver medal at the Olympics is hugely impressive, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, so what about the next event then, Tommy? What's what's next well, on your, your agenda? I think next on the agenda has got to be the, the 1,500-metre men, and I say that <laughs> skipping casually over world records in the 400 hurdles, men and women, oh. on two ridiculous events, but I, I, I mean... We're going to run out of time. We go into all those incredible moments, but we just stick with the Scottish athletes and go to the 1500. We saw to go through the heats. We saw both Jake and uh, Josh make it through the heats. Josh with a bit more of an anxious uh, qualification, but both made it, which was great um, uh, to take, you know, and those plus are, you know, took it to three British athletes for the first time since, was it LA with uh, Cole Kramanovic? In the 80, was it 88? I think. So a, a, a while, um, and that was and what was and that was a that was another nerve wracker because again you thought they've got shot. I felt less confident. I I I thought Laura was going to be really mixing it for a bronze. Um, so silver was amazing, but I really felt confident she was in there. The fifteen hundred men, that's you know it's stacked, and I, I just was to see you know again. Let's let's Jake never really laughed with about even after the first lap, into the second lap, didn't really look like he had the legs on the night. 
Josh Kerr looked so good. Uh, and on that, again, on that last lap, uh, the moves he made were ju- was just amazing. And, and he really big the last 100, 120, and especially the last 50, actually. And another five meters, and he takes a silver medal there. The oh, way he came storming down that, oh, yeah. that, last, uh, that last 100. And what, I mean, Scottish athletes to get medals, you know, in both 1500 meter events, middle distancing, that is yeah, uh, and amazing. And how, how, how mature. And it's a, with Josh Kerr, when you look at his interviews afterwards, there's a, he's confident without being arrogant, which really, really sits well with me. I, I'm so impressed when I hear him speak. And he's, he's someone who, who's hungry to be better. You know, he talked, someone said that he was just outside Moe's British record. And his first reaction was, oh, I want, I want to be the best. And yeah. no way, he's one of those guys, we don't take that as an arrogance, you take it just as a hunger. And that's, yeah. uh, I really, really pleased with him. I think he's another one who can go on now with a huge confidence. And in his interview afterwards, he was saying, you know, I'm a championship racer. For me, I'm going to go on a break now because I need to reset. But then it, the work starts for Eugene, 22 world champs. And you just think, oh, what a mindset. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think he's just, just phenomenal to, you know, listen to and, and, and his development as well. You know, like, I mean, he's a, he was an Edinburgh AC athlete, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he had, uh, obviously you had Jake Whiteman and, in, in, in both of them, two club athletes, Edinburgh AC athletes in the Olympic final was amazing. just amazing. I mean, obviously, like, you know, we've had Jake Whiteman on the show. I think he'll be disappointed. Um, I think know, so. I, I don't know what happened to him. It, it could be many things, but yeah, he, I think he'll be hugely disappointed because obviously he's he's ran a, a 328 or 329, I think, this last year, was it? Or he this has, year? yeah. Um, was, which was a Scottish record until Josh bettered yeah. it on uh, on Friday. But, but not only you know, not only did Josh get the the bronze, he all, he was also within the Olympic you know the Olympic record as well. Amazing, mental. You know, someone you wouldn't. I wouldn't have had my money on getting hit, Josh getting a bronze. I knew he would. You know, I said, I knew. I mean, obviously, look at the final. You know, the the semis going into the the sem the heats semis. Yeah, semis. Is that right? Uh, semi, yeah, semi through to the final, yeah, yeah, like you know, struggling to get in, not struggling, but you know, it was a bit, bit of a nail biter, and then all of a sudden he's in the final and he's got a bronze. Woo. When, when? Does that, but does that not tell you a lot about? I mean, we talked here, like, I mean, who am I to, who am I to make any comment? Having not being a middle distance runner, never running anything through rounds, but you're there for the final, and I guess if he's, I don't know, whatever, he he got it right, he got to the final, and he was ready on the night um yeah, yeah. you're right it's it's fascinating and and on that final itself as well you know as an as a spectacle it was amazing i mean inga britson the first time he's beaten timothy chariot timothy yeah. chariot that lovely moment at the end when he handed him his bracelet um i mean and real respect there and that's where i mean these are guys kind of they're all someone we were talking about last week about he can be there doesn't you know competitiveness doesn't need to have it doesn't need to be like ruthless and yeah. and just and nasty you know and that and what I, I i love these moments where you see people go full gas they give it everything they want they want to win so bad but at the end of it they dust themselves down and they shake the hand they shake the hand of the man or woman who's beaten them i've just got a lot of huge amount of respect for for these athletes who, who behave like that and they're a great example and timothy chariot what, a, what an absolute legend really uh, was uh, yeah absolutely so yeah i mean yeah great great result for for josh um and that was the same night as the 10K final for, 
for the ladies. Is that right? It it was, yeah. So um which was in Scott so Ailish didn't fall, which was a good which was a good result. Um but again, that was, you know, we we talked a bit up a bit last week. I think we maybe were a bit over uh, optimistic and thinking that she had a I think she still had a shot. You never know what can happen in these races, yeah. but it was uh it was pretty uh it was it was it was the the the, the girls at the front, um, particularly Hassan and Gide, who really took it out at a different level with um with ultimately them finishing in, in the golden bronze positions with uh, Gazeg Higney finishing in silver. But it was just uh, the conditions, the the heat of that. And and Ailish was not was just outside her own PB, which says a lot about how well she yeah. Yeah, 3104, uh, four seconds outside her PB. I think she was aiming to get the, you know, her, her mum's Scottish record. But I mean, obviously, with the conditions, that's that's pretty decent. You know, a real gutsy run from uh, from Eilish, you know, third European on the night. Um, you know, there's a few DNS on the day, on the night. Um, but to run that time in the conditions is, is hugely impressive. Um, you know, a real gutsy run from her. Uh, in ninth place, you know, ninth place, that's, it just shows how impressive that, that field was. And I mean, she took 31, some scalps. Yeah, I mean, 3104, like, there's, that's, that's a, that's a hugely talented, probably the, some of the best, you know, depth of, of, um, of, of 10,000 meter running on, on the track in the Olympics. Mm. I would say, I'd be interested to know, like, you know, the times compared to previous years, but, yeah, I mean, Hassan, obviously, I, I could kind of sense that it was going to happen, that she was going to win it, but hey-ho. Under sub-30 minutes, that's just... I just, yeah, I, I just, I, I kind of have to double-take when it was still 29.55. It was just, whoa. <laughs> just to me, yeah. So that, that, so that was the evening. So, I mean, Friday was crazy. You've got with the men's 1,500 metres just after lunch, our time, then into the... Uh, sort of uh, middle of the afternoon, we had Ailish in the 10, and then it was a case of uh, filling up the coffee mugs and going for the women's marathon, which was fortunately brought it forward an hour. Because even in, I mean, I know it was 10, was it 10 p.m. in the UK it started? It was 11 here. 10 p.m. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 11 o'clock it started here. And that was one, I'm quite keen to talk about that one because I found that a really interesting. I was I was looking at the splits of our girls every every five kilometers, looking at the projected times, looking at how it unfolded, and it unfolded really well. Really, sorry, really interestingly. I mean, Steph Davis, I would say first and foremost, had an amazing run. I mean, the fact that they had to bring it forward, it was going to be so hot, and it did look really hot. You've got girls running with ice on their heads, ice stuffed into their bras, ice hanging off their neck. It was <laughs> it was pretty hard going, and there was a lot of people who really found it hard going. But Steph was it was so impressive the way she just she went out and clearly clearly sensibly was ready to run her own pace and yeah. uh she went out the i mean Jess Piasecki went away from her um it will come to Jess uh, the rest of people went away with her and then suddenly she just starts after about 20k just starts making her way back through the field and in the end i think she finished in i want to say 39th so I'm bringing up the results here. Uh, yeah, 39th, 39th and 236, 33. And, you know, you look at her split. I mean, okay, it's never a day that you're going to pause the split, but she ran, a, you know, one third, uh, which was 117 through halfway, something like that. But, I mean, her 5K splits were, uh, I've got them up here on, on the Kiara sheet, 1835, 1840, 1746, 
1832. I mean, that is metronomic. And to, become oh, the yeah. comp- to be able to go into the Olympic final, not get carried away, run your own race in tough conditions, she was, you know, a good 10 minutes outside of, about 10 minutes outside of what she would run on a, on a good day. So really, I was really impressed with that. And uh, I think that that's, it's, you know, I think, uh, a good I mean, run. I, I think, you know, when you look at Steph, Steph Davis's time, it's relative in terms of, you know, where the other runners were in the race as well. You know, obviously you've got the world record holder was racing. Um, what's her name again? Um, uh, Bridget Cosguy. Cost guy, of course. Uh, you know, she was like 226, and sit, you know, that's like cost guy's a 214 runner. Uh, so 10 minutes behind behind her is, is you know, that's that's kind of a, a decent, a decent sort of you know, gauge as to where, where she was at in the field. And I think it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was hugely impressed by Steph's time. Uh, I, I think it's amazing, you know, the, the, the heat, the conditions the metronomic splits that she had uh, and, you know, and Steph and Jessica, you know, all three of them have been on the podcast, TRS. That's Mon- right, yeah. Uh, have a listen back to them, you know, great athletes uh, with, with a slightly different perspective and on their, on their running. Um, but the fact that they finished, I've got a lot of, it they might have struggled through, but I think I've got a huge admiration for people who finish. The, you know, marathons and, and the heat and the conditions, I think, um, especially in the Olympics as well. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so yeah, that's, that's decent. What about the, the men's? Um... Well, if, just, just before we move off the women, um, I think that, yeah, it's worth, I think it's worth saying how, uh, you know, Steph 12, that was, uh, Steph and Jess both had difficult days for various reasons. Steph 12, you know, we, you know, Steph's, you know, a Scottish national cross-country winner, really strong pedigree. What's she run? 220? Five two twenty six two twenty six marathon two twenty six I think it is. I'll, I'll come back and check that. But she um yeah. So for her to really grind it out and and she really did have to grind it out. I mean coming in way off her best, you know. In the and I think that's yeah. As you say, she, you know she came in in the end in uh, in two fifty. Get this right, two fifty three. Um, you know, and that's and that's you know that's a long way off what she is. She, and she said she had issue with her ankle and whatnot and. Um, but again, it, it just shows, you know, she, she ground out Jess Piaseki went out a bit harder. She went through halfway, a couple about a minute up the road from Steph Davis actually. And then she just went backwards. It turns out she had stomach issues. Um, the reason I highlight this is it just, it shows that, okay, the condition's really tough there, but, um, marathon is you sometimes it's a roll of the dice. You, it feels like if you have a, a bad day it's never that far away when it bites, it really bites. Um, but on the flip side, you look at. I was so impressed with Molly Seidel, who who was uh, the bronze medalist in the women's wow. race. She's a two, yeah. a, a two twenty five athlete um, who had the confidence to run a, run her own race, and and ended up going with uh, Chip Chetir, uh cross guy, and uh, there was a, a bigger group including uh, Sal Peter um, from Israel, and she had the confidence to go with them. and And these are girls who got much quicker times than her on paper. She goes with it. Uh, the move eventually whittled down to four. Sal Peter stopped later. It turns out, um, I thought it was really interesting. Actually, she was uh suffering from cramps because her period had started uh, the day before. So I thought that was really, you know, and also very interesting. She shared that, um, because yeah. it obviously just shows the difficulty that some women can have to face, uh, in, in a marathon. So, you know, that can be out with your control. Yeah. 
So in hindsight, I feel a bit bad for her because I felt that was really bizarre that she stepped off. But Molly Seidel, amazing, you know, just to someone who's who was dropped by a sponsor last year. Uh, oh, she, she was, picked, uh, she was picked also, up with a puma now. Exactly. Checking his eating disorder and yeah, I just I was I was really I thought that was really nice to see that. And actually, as we sort of looked ahead to the men, that really made me think. You know what? It can be anyone on the day in an Olympic yeah. marathon if you can get it right and you can you can. Uh, execute your race well, you're properly prepared. And in the end, it didn't happen for the British guys. But I thought it was a great result. Really, I was really pleased by uh, by that one. Um, by Molly I also Sunday. think as well, you know, Molly was, was um, she was underrated as well. I mean, she won the trial, didn't she? Uh, the Olympic uh, trial. I think she was uh, second maybe, but yeah, she yeah, won the second. Yeah. But people were like, well, you know, she doesn't, there's many, you know, there's, there's a couple of runners who are faster and on paper who should have been picked and not Molly and you know, it's a little bit like, oh, she's a bit of an underdog and she shouldn't be in the way. Like, that's the sort of, that's what I, the impression I got from some of the, you know, the the running sort of network and stuff. But she she proved herself, you know, she proved herself mm-hmm. on the day and, and ran her own race. And she clearly trained to perfection when it, like, I, and this, you know, and maybe I'll, I'll touch on it in, in the men's marathon as well. I, I just... I, I I just it just baffles me some of the like the, the runners who perhaps DNF'd. Why did they not train in the heat? Why did they not like have they trained? They've, there's clearly been a training issue for the number of runners who have dropped out in the race. Like I know this, you know, I'm not I'm not I was a sports scientist, but I just think you can you can make. You, you base your, your race on the conditions and you, you've, that's what your training's about. That's why you're, a lot of them are professional marathoners and that's why you're going to the Olympics is to prepare for the conditions and to get to A to B. Um, now, most of the runners who were there aren't going to win medals. Like, so why not just finish the blooming race? Why not just... The, the Olympic marathon is the pinnacle, in my eyes, is a pinnacle athletics event. You know, when you, you, when you get to like, the, the sort of you know historic and the the, the sort of the ancient Olympics the marathon it was all about the marathon mm. finishing the marathon is an achievement so like in, in the ethos I, I, it's, I'm speaking to me you know if, if I was to ever not like I would but mm-hmm. to get to the Olympics if I was in the Olympics I would finish it even if I'm crawling by the end of it I would finish it because when I speak to my my grandkids when I'm older I'll be like I I was in the Olympics. I finished it. I got a, a roar around the running track, even though there was no no bugger there. Um, but I finished it, you know, and, and, and the conditions were tough, but I battled, I battled through the heat. I battled through the humidity, and I got through. It wasn't a great result, but I finished it. I just I just think there was too many... I don't know. Like I, I can't speak for everyone who was there. I was just like, that's, you know, 20... 15, just over 15 runners who DNF'd in the, the female race. Over 30 runners in the male race DNF'd. In arguably, have, better, in arguably better conditions. Yeah. Like, did they all have to DNF? Probably not. Like, so I on think what the I was going to. Of that is finish it, woman. It's a marathon. Just finish it and, you know, hold your head up high and just embrace the Olympic spirit. I just think yeah. DNF's a, a cop out and it's. I, I was just like, but it, it frustrates me the fact that like, you, 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 if you're if you're a decent professional athlete, 
you know, you're going to Japan, it's going to be really warm, it's going to be really humid. It could be a, you know, it could be a spectrum of, it might be mild, it might be really warm, it might be really, really humid. Like train for it, like train for that, train for that environment. Adjust your pace so that you can cope with getting to A to B. Mm Because like you look at Robbie Simpson, right? So Robbie got a bronze in the, the Commonwealth Games. He clearly trained for the heat. He clearly trained and he clearly adjusted his race strategy so that he could pull through and finish the race. And I, I know Callum obviously went, you know, he was aiming for the win, but you know, Robbie just he just he executed the the perfect race for him. Now, I, I just think there's there was a lot of mistakes made and maybe the underestimation of of how difficult it can be in the heat. And I'm sure all the athletes who who did perhaps DNF or had a bad run will all learn from it. Um but anyway, that's my rant, Tommy. I said I would so- rant. No, yeah. I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to hear it because I've got to say, I, I mulled this over. We'll, we'll come to the men's results in a minute. But one thing that really struck me, I heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast and they made the point saying that I agree. I actually agree with you that, that the, the, it's the expectations of the athlete to, to prepare. But I think there's also an expectation on the governing bodies to send the right people. And yeah. we, I, I, I'm maybe eating a bit of humble pie here because I thought, okay, the US, they should have rerun the trial. It's too far out. But actually, I think... I heard an interesting perspective. It was an interview from Molly Seidel who said that dealing with the dealing with the stress of having to hear that from fans and uh, from the media was really difficult. And I felt quite bad actually of, of having had that opinion. And actually, yeah. this podcast made the point saying there was a reason that the US Athletic uh, the Track and Field uh, Federation chose that chose the I think it was uh, Atlanta on a in the in a hot part of the year on a hard lumpy course because it was going to be a war of attrition, which is what the Olympic oh, marathon okay. in Tokyo was going to be. And yeah. I wonder what, I think that thought, I really, it was quite interesting to see. Are we sure Sarah Hall would have, would have, would have run that race that Molly Seidel did? Has Molly just proven herself in those, in that Can hard they, conditions? Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, it, who knows? The other takeaway I thought was, I thought it was really interesting that our best performers in both the men and women's race from Team GB were the two who won the trial, which was quite yeah. recently. Now, I'm not for a minute saying that someone like Calum Hawkins wasn't in shape because he looked pretty good pacing that marathon. I'm sure he would have gone on to, to do it. And, and it sounds like Calum's had some injury issues, to be fair, because Callum did run really well in Doha in the, in the heat and has learned his lesson by looking at it. That's right, yeah. So, so I think that, but I do think that it, I look towards the governing bodies maybe to be a bit more, uh, a bit more involved, a bit, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure by definite, by default, it should always just be the London, London as the Olympic trial, actually. The more I think about it, the more I think, why not? Um, I, we all love the trial format. Why not mix it up and okay, the Paris in twenty twenty four. Clearly, yeah. London's a perfect prep for that. London in spring, it could be warm. Although actually, it could be bloody warm in Paris. I've discovered in in July. So, um, but I, I I tend to agree with you that I think when I see people dropping out at fifteen k here, given an interview afterwards saying it wasn't my day, that really unimpresses me. Yeah. Like when I see athletes who got to twenty five k and are collapsing for thirty k, sorry and are like just, and their, their, their legs are falling off. You think, okay, you've yeah. got an injury, like you can't go on. But look at Steph Twell, an ankle issue. Now her first comment she came out with was, yeah. she came, she kept yeah. going, exactly. So yeah. I, I think that I tend to agree with you. And actually I saw someone put up a post about Stephen Scullion saying, uh, you know, if the tank's not empty at 15K when you step off, that's disappointing. I think he's acknowledged it and he said that he's had some, I don't know, altitude, whatever, um yeah. he's not come down properly but i think that uh yeah I, I broadly agree with you that you would expect it unless you literally can't run on 
Aye. Uh, you you should you should crack on, and you've made that commitment. It's it's just two and a half hours for you as a pro. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't in an eight hundred meter, you know, a heat. You get to four hundred meters or six hundred meters, and you're like, ah, oh, bugger, I'm not going to qualify. I'll just drop out. I'll just drop out, you know. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, Ailish, Ailish, for example, you know, she almost, well, she basically almost fell over. She could have just stopped. She just kept, you know, she knew. She probably knew that she's not going to get to, you know, finish. Or she's not going to qualify, but she finished. Mm-hmm. She finished. And, you know, and I think that's the spirit of racing is to finish the race. It's get to A to B as fast as you can. The, the, primary, the primary goal is to finish the race. And especially the ethos, ethos of a marathon, I think you, you should have finished it and adjusted your pace accordingly. But anyway, but let's go to the men's race then. So we we the cracker. Wasn't it that, eh? I mean, like who you know, the, the man, the myth, the legend. The king, the goat. He is the goat, isn't he? No one's gonna beat Kippy. He's just shown that he is a goat. I, yet again. Now, you know, I I I he almost had a good run earlier in the year with that 204 performance. Um, and he's just backed it up. You know, I, I had all my all my eggs in one basket thinking, you know, <laughs> he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. And he I thought it. he might. I I was if I'm honest, beforehand I wasn't convinced I was maybe still suffering from it. He ran really well in Hamburg around the airport uh early in the year, which we saw. But yeah. I was still a bit I still had London and his blocked ears in mind. Turns out his ears probably were just blocked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, but he's, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he's basically just, uh, you know, he just bounces away, doesn't he? You know, those alpha flies, he just bounces away, you know, with glory, with that but happy. It was the manner in which he did it. I mean, they were sitting at the sort of 15 minute 5k pace, which is like 210, I think, and they were just clocking it off. And he was at the front, he was, you know, he missed a couple of water stations. Everyone's getting pretty panicky. Is he going to collapse uh, towards the end of the race because he's not fueled properly? Uh, moved uh, anyway, and it was a reasonably big group actually. Hawkins was off the was sort of on the back end of it for a while, and then through just for just around about half k, uh, sorry, half halfway. Um, Hawkins eventually drops off as the group becomes two. The pace looked like the pace was lifting, but it wasn't really. They were still sitting, knocking out those sort of 15 minute type splits. Um, so yeah, and this is the I mean, if you look at the splits he's dropping, it was like fifth. So this is the leaders 15 17. 1536, 1510, 1544, 1535, then through to 30k, 1509, lift it a bit, and then boom, like a 1436 or something. And it was just, it was when he went away in his own, and it was just Kipchoge striding out, and you thought, this is class. This is class to watch. So yeah. just, uh, yeah, he, look, he looks effortless, and he looks like he's loving it. Of course he is. He's leading the Olympic marathon, and he's barely, it looks like he's barely breathing. I mean, what, oh, just the execution is second to none. Oh, yeah, it's it's just amazing. Like he's he's such a you know just an just a real icon when it comes to marathon running and just watching watching it. You, you could watch it all day, couldn't you? Really? Oh, all day. And it's <laughs> and that and thing is though, you look at his record now, and aside from that blip in London, and maybe that actually is that stats a really nice one because it shows to everyone that a, you're you know a bad rate everyone nobody is immune to a bad marathon and when the bad yeah. marathon bites yeah. it bites and Kipchoge is, is no he's no exception to that but yeah. actually he proved his class to defend his Olympic title to win and win by over a minute uh and it was um Netherlands uh Abdi in second place and then Belgium's Abdi Bashir in third place two and three both of them are coached by Gary Luff I discovered uh, on the weekend I didn't know that um I thought that was a really that was 
you know, it was my one of my things actually. I thought I sat, I felt my, I felt the whole time is, I think Mo Farish would have, should have run that marathon. I think he's missed a trick. I don't. I'm not saying he would have medal for sure, but Mo Farah getting a a bronze medal would have been an amazing yeah. achievement. Yeah. And I think the way that race goes out in two ten on a hot day, I I think that two ten. Sorry, it went out in two ten on the nose. Uh, Abdi Bashir, yeah. Bashir Abdi ran his bronze. I I think Mo could have been in the mix there. Um, I wonder I wonder if he's kicking himself or the way that the, his attempted return to the ten k unfolded. Ah, he'll be fine. He's got a good pay packet in all these races he's been doing. He's uh, he's been the champ. Yeah, he <laughs> has. I mean, that's, that's yeah, because Galen Rupp was a bit further down. He was back yeah. in eight. Yeah, it was. It, what I found interesting was the marathons were like you know when you look watch a, you know the track events, it doesn't look as stacked, whereas like the marathon was stacked. <laughs> yeah. you, but maybe it's just because everyone's together. They're so bunched, like, yeah. Yeah, you're like God, wait, you know the when you he, you hear like some such and such was twenty eighth in the race, and you're like, man, that. But then when you think about it in in a track event, you've got over, you know, you've got so many heats of races and so many semifinals. You've probably got about sixty to eighty runners anyway taking part. So, but what I find with the Olympic marathon, it's always it make, it's always quite a wake up call in the sense you Jesus, I really don't know that much about athletics. I'm looking at the guy, the Colombian Suarez yeah. is on the front for the first half. I'm thinking, I've got no idea who this guy is. And he's obviously clearly a huge talent. Okay, he finished, where did he finish? Back in 15th and 213. Yeah. But I mean, to go that far. It's also a wake-up call when you see, bloody hell, you know, my my uh, my 225 is just, <laughs> it's just like, these guys are just in another level. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really... Some people had some difficult days, but you look at like so. I, I big respect for the likes of Cam Levins, Canadian athlete who finished in two twenty eight. He is what he must be a two. Well, he's qualified for the Olympics, so he must be a two ten guy on his day. Paul Pollock, Ireland two twenty seven as well. These guys ground it out because what's dis- Kevin Seward at a solid run. He's an Irish team member yeah. two twenty one. Because what's quite disappointing is when you look at the number of, I mean, dropouts. Was it thirty dropouts? Have I seen that right? One, two, 30, over thirty dropouts. Yeah, yeah. And that is, that's. It's crazy, it, absolutely crazy. I'm wondering how many, if I can see how many people dropped out by 20k. Uh, so yeah, at 20k, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I dropped out by 20k, including Scullion, which I thought I was surprised by. Jack Rayner, that's the guy, the Australian with that dynamite mustache. He dropped out. Uh, he dropped out before 15k. I mean, you know, there was. Like, a, I mean, that's a, totally, how can you get that so wrong though? Like, how can you not know it's going to be warm and humid? This is what annoys me. Well, maybe some of them. I mean, to be fair, Katata. Actually, I say that. I, I saw. I remember when Katata, who was one of the sort of medal potentials, he stepped off early on. He didn't look in any pain, so surely he. But surely he's injured. I mean, I'm. Well, yeah. maybe, we'll, well, maybe maybe I'm being. We'll come actually speaking of naivety. We'll come to the water bottle fiasco, but. Surely <laughs> the, the sort of positive person me just thinks surely these people are like are are not just like oh I'm having a bad day. Surely they would grind it out more than I mean, as I say, 10k to stop that early, it's gotta be an injury. What begs the question why they would line up actually? Yeah, exactly. Like just or, or just say I kind of I mean some people that I get it, you know, you qualify for the Olympics, you know this could be your only opportunity you're not going to say you're injured are you you want to you know you don't have to say it maybe you do i don't know but you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna 
want to experience it, even though you know you you might not finish it. I don't know, but so I'm uh, gonna I'm, I'm gonna actually take back what I said. Apparently, Jack Rayner uh, was having his legs were cramping up, and he was like thri- uh, writhing on the ground just 500 meters into the race because of the temperature. Which uh, so I I didn't see that. So that's what. Pretty, so he was tramping before the race, the start of the race. Well, well he's tramping. He must have been if he cramped 500 yes. meters in. But that's uh, apparently that was on Aussie TV. And then you had the Brazilian guy. I don't know if you saw that. The guy, I think it was uh, Nascimento, who was who kind of stopped. It was reminiscent of Hawkins actually the Gold Coast. He kind of staggered off into the side, hit the barrier, went down, and he got up and started running again. And I I know he didn't finish, oh, but no. I didn't I didn't see them stopping. But yeah, you know, I remember yeah. thinking this, like, is, this that was horrible to watch Hawkins yeah. in the Gold Coast. Yeah, I mean maybe you know maybe that's the thing. Maybe you know maybe I am being a bit too ranty and harsh maybe you know people who do nf maybe if they were to keep going something bad would happen like in, some in, yeah but some you know, uh, i think i think it's a broad brush because i can i think you know of those dnfs a lot of them will have just had couldn't continue but there will be some who were just like this is too hard and i'm not getting ending out of this race and then i guess that's when the question is is surely finishing olympic marathon getting something because again talking about heroes tomo we haven't spoken to tomo Oh, Tomo, Tomo got around, ground it out, and what? you know, again, what a top lad! <laughs> you know, Nedekin about just get to the, you know, start the race, be happy he's there, you know, train according to the conditions, no doubt. You know, he's a seasoned runner, he's a bit, he's an, he's he's a master's athlete. Let's just enjoy the experience, lap it up, you know, run your own race, you know, and and knowing that your your kids are watching you on the TV on the big screen. They're not wanting you to not finish. Like, you know, I, I massive respect to Chris for, and I think he put in a top performance with the tight, you know, and it, obviously it's. So he finished in 221 and his halfway split was 108. So that's a hot, that's a tough second half, but it's not a, it's not a yeah. disaster. It's yeah. a yeah. bloody disaster. hard shift though. Like that, Aye. that's a, that level, that five, six minute. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he finished, you know, he finished. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and the, the chances are, the negative splits that came about were were pretty probably quite remarkable. We were positive splits rather. Um, he just didn't slow down as as much as many of the others one, other other runners perhaps did. So, but the only yeah, two yeah. only two athletes only two athletes negative split actually. Oh really? Only <laughs> Kipchoge and, and even uh, Nagia. He was one hundred five fifteen through halfway. He's like, he finished in two hundred nine fifty eight. So yeah, so he was but two te- the other the group went through one hundred five fifteen and. Third place was two ten, so only two athletes need to split that. Wow. Bear in mind how how controlled. I'm, I'm not going to say easy because I'm sure it's not easy, but how controlled it looked through the first 20 k. Yeah. So well, let let's talk about this this person, this guy who apparently, uh, you know, swiped the the potentially the 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 bottles. The water bottles. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm going to press the play button. I want to see. Have you watched so, it? I have. Well, while you watch it, Kyle, I'll describe it to the listeners. So most of you have seen that. So basically, the Sorry, there's a, a feed station. And I'm not sure what how I can't remember how far in it was, but the, it must be quite early because it's quite a big group. And one one athlete, a French athlete, uh, Ham Amdoubi, I think it's Amdoubi, I think his name is. Anyway, he goes, he goes. Basically, it looks like he's going along the table, knocking all the water off, and grabs the last one, much to the absolute uproar of all the Western uh, media and the running fans. People saying he should be arrested and all sorts. Now, maybe call me naive. I don't believe, I just, I just don't believe someone would do that. I just don't believe in a marathon 
in a even in a race, I don't think someone's mindset is if I stop people having water, I'll do better than them. I, I I just can't get my head around that. And I really, to the extent, I don't believe it. I believe that he must have been, uh, you know, almost like delirious state start of he and was struggling to grab it and just coincidentally grabbed the last one because there is another water station. In fact, there's two tables afterwards, which is the, the clip that's circulating the short one doesn't quite show. So I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, but I really don't, I can't get, I just can't accept someone at Olympic level would do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not, you know, from a human perspective, I just, I can't accept that some, until this guy comes out and admits he did it, I, I'm going to struggle to get my head around the fact that someone would do that. Surely not. I mean, that, I wouldn't yeah, expect that. I'm, that I'm, is. This is why you've spoken there. I'm trying to multitask. I'm listening to what you're saying. I've watched that about 10 times now. And it, my initial thought was, uh, this guy's a fanny. And, uh, and then I thought, hold on. He, he is, as you said, as you, you know, you're commentating there. Uh, maybe he was delirious. And there is like, there's another row of bottles. There's another row of water. But but then he does. Kyle, grab- you said so. You said, said to me last week, innocent until proven guilty with regard that- to doping. When I was when I was unconvinced by uh, Sifan Hassan, surely in this case, that this immediate jumping to the fact that I mean that is, if he has done that, that is un. As un I mean, it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. I I just could it not be manslaughter. You know, if somebody well, died, you didn't get them. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there, are, there are two other tables, I guess, but I yeah. I don't know. I just think it's like, I mean, what I would say is to anyone who's going mental, right, go out, run through, try and pick a bottle off a table at sub five minute miling in a pack of 20 people. And you're also in 31 degree heat, 85% humidity. I just think that there's there's no context. He did finish. That's the only thing I would say. So he's not like, if he'd not finished and a collapse shortly afterwards, I might have then had, that might have given more ammunition to this. But I just feel like... I don't think uh, he... Yeah, I, I don't can't think see he it. I, I think it's just, uh, it, it's just, the chances of it happening are slim, but it's happened and it's been filmed. And the amount of cameras on the... Like, he looks like he's desperate to get a glass there. Why would he leave it until the last one? And you remember, uh, these guys yeah. are running at speed as well. They're, they're not running, you know, eight-minute miles. They're running, like, five-minute five miles. So that it's going to be difficult to grab a, a bottle. And, like, I'm sure the command, you know, and there's not that many people behind him. There's a couple of folk behind him. And like you say, there is another aid station. I, I, I don't want to believe it's, you know, a bit like Hassan. I don't want to believe he's a fanny. So we're just... Yeah. Gonna, gonna you know what? He also, he also ran the 10K, interestingly enough. I know it was a week apart, but yeah, I, I haven't seen... I, it's, a, it's, a, it's an athlete I don't... I've, the, I've never come across the, before, so... I mean, the, the, the fact that he's, he's doing that, you know, he's, he's got, he's got a, a sort of... Um, he's got a level of, um, of, of, of not respect, but he's got a... He's he's a role model. He's a role model for the country. He's a yeah. role model for his his uh, his. Uh, why would he want to make an arse of himself? For I, I just a yeah. of potentially, you know, people who might not grab a glass of water. Like they're not going. He's not. They're not going to beat him because he threw all the cups of water away. Like come on. Yeah, I I just again I don't. And this I is think, in a sport where we see people sharing bottles in the race. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, I, and that's where I just can't. I think uh, it's the media yeah. going mad. Like I, I you know, I, I, I agree. 
he, he he is guilty. Not sorry. I really hope he's <laughs> innocent. Not guilty. Innocent. Oh, yeah, yeah innocent. he's not. You really hope he's not a dick. He's just in a bad shape. Yeah, yeah. Innocent, and uh, he's just like you know. It was I was it was really hard to grab. The, they were all together. They were bunched together. So he was probably like trying to grab one, but couldn't because he was on the next one. So he was like, right, I'll grab the last one because then that last one will get bashed. I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's I, I'd like to think he's he's uh, innocent. But oh, here we go. I've just seen a I've just seen an article that he's he's said he's defending himself. Um, he's released a statement just today. So this is pretty fresh. Where is it? Uh, uh, blah blah blah. Spark controversy. The guaranteed freshness of the bottles are soaked in water, which makes them sickly. However, it's clear that I'm trying to get one from the beginning of the road, but they slip as soon as you touch them. Surely that's not all he said. Oh, oh to, yeah. put an end to, to put an end to all the controversy in the video, I show this video to actually understand what happened. I think he's actually put... I'll share the link with me on the TRS Twitter. There's an extended video that he shared, which uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine what they're, they're showing there. But anyway, oh, a video on the my country. I've got my VPN on. Anyway, I'll, I'll share it. But that's, it sounds like he at least himself is, is, is saying that it was an accident. So take it as you will. Take it as you aye, will. Aye. You could have said it wasn't, you know. Anyway, it's big Kipchoge missed a couple of water stations. Anyway, it doesn't you can you can win Olympic marathon without without getting he's, a drink? It is water in a hot and humid day when everyone drops out. The, <laughs> the last thing I want to comment on the men's marathon is I don't know if you saw the guy, the um, Richard Ringer, who's the German athlete, who I believe uh, has won the uh, is is he European champion or something? Anyway, he's a or maybe he's an Olympic medalist. Anyway, Helva. He's a you know he's a serious guy. That's it. Bronze medal at the sorry uh, where are we maybe I'm maybe he's not as good as I thought it was. Anyway, I don't know if you saw him. He had a blue headband on. Then he had these tight blue things on his. Imagine they're like swimmers' um, armbands, but like skin tight, not the full length, just on the arm. Bizarre on both arms. And his vest was like hanging hanging like by by a thread. There was like it had no side on it. It was like flapping around over the place. I don't know if it was the ultimate ridiculous sort of uh acclimatized of... material. Yeah, possibly. I, it was very, very bizarre. Um interesting to say that now. Uh, I've got like in, in, in the ultra world, um I was watching well, like the Western States and uh there was a couple of guys who would wear like a cotton t-shirt because it would soak in the, the cold water. It'd be heavier, mind you, but it would keep you cooler for longer. I don't know how for, that is, but disaster like, for your nipples, like a oh, wet cotton t-shirt. Chafe to buggery, that's for sure. You know, unless you've got your your squiddles nut butter, they call it. I don't know, or your mask. <laughs> um, you know, talk talking about that. I mean, I, I've been getting a lot of chafage the last few months. I don't know if I've put really. On, I've maybe put you've got maybe maybe since like, you've had a baby, you've just got sensitive nipples. Lockdown weight. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Sensitive nipples, that's right. <laughs> Certainly Sen- not me. Maybe sympathy pains. I don't know. <laughs> are you are you, are you are you still breastfeeding? Or is that that's finished? Uh, I'm, I'm finished now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, that can't be it then. I'll leave it to Debbie to do. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I've been looping up my nips, like you know, just the good old Vaseline, you know, nothing fancy. And uh, but like even when I do that, like I'm still, you know, I went out for my marathon run on Sunday and uh, I, I was chafed to buggery, you know, and I, I thought. God, but I tell you, one tip, listeners, if there's any rambling or anything you want to take away from this episode is to, if you do get chafed, right, the best thing you can do, other than to, you know, heal, you know, make sure that you put lots of good cream to, you know, get 
get it back to, to its full elasticity and strength. But put Vaseline on it before you go in the shower because that protects it. It will keep it kind Interesting. of... Interesting. So you won't get that, you know, that sting, you know, the sting when you... you know, the salt from your sweat drains over yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh! <laughs> oh, no. But I, yeah, I discovered that you put Vaseline on the, 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 the tender bits uh, you won't you won't get that sort of pain. That's a top. That's a top tip. What do you what? Just to go back to the other point, putting cream on them to aid recovery. I've never come. I've never come across that. What cream would you recommend one uses to to uh, uh, repair got, one's nipples after they've been shredded? Two things. One of them's uh, uh, Logan's eczema cream, which is from the pharmacy, which kind of looks like. Again, this is my what I use, not what you should use. Disclaimer. Um, and pseudocreme, pseudocreme, that, that seems to be quite good too. You know, na- nappy cream, basically. You know, get okay. get your nappy cream on, folks. And that are these you. are these on the WADA approved list? These oh, you're not I, like rubbing testosterone a, into yourself. That's a good shout. Actually, I bet I better stop using that uh, that nappy cream. <laughs> I don't know actually. I think I'll be fine. I think because that that sounds like a that sounds like a, a great excuse waiting to happen. You know. Scottish athlete, Scottish athlete, former GB it's athlete, busted for, at ACP for for uh, his testosterone. Claims he used na- it claims it was through a nappy cream. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, that's uh, yeah. Who knows, eh? But well, I think- so I think we're finished on the 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 Olympics. But what would you I be your so. main? What was your 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 uh, your one Olympic highlight? Well, I think you know I'm going to be you know I'm going to keep it local. I think I don't know. I'd like to say Lauren Muir, but I think Josh Kerr. And the the main reason I say Josh is because he was an outlier. You know, Laura was fully expected to to get a medal. You know that she, she and, and I know Josh was. You know, he's he was fully expected to get a medal, but I think Josh. N- no one would have said, yeah, he's going to get a medal, but in his head. He would have believed hugely that he's got the potential, and even in the you know the fact that in the run up he wasn't there, it, I think he was a massive underdog, and to to see him get that bronze and to to do three twenty eight, you know that's an Olympic record, that's a, a Scottish record, it's just in you know and he only gets a bronze as well. Like I think I think it's a massive breakthrough through for for Josh and. And you know, but but I think yeah, that's my main my local one. Um, in terms of the the four the 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 kind of you know the the overall one, you know, non local one or world one. I think the four hundred meter hurdles. You know, the male, yeah. your man, your Norwegian man. What's his name? Uh, Ka- uh Karsten Warholm. Yeah, like forty five seconds for four hundred. Absolutely ridiculous. What the hell? I mean, that's like the. the if there's there's probably trial races for the GB athletes, if you achieve a forty five second in a four hundred meters without hurdles, you'll get you you know you'll you'll, you'll qualify for the team. This guy's done it over hurdles, like that's just crazy. I'd love yeah. to. I wonder what he could do for a four hundred. I wonder if he could. Do you think he would maybe just run the same way? You know, like he's um because I know obviously he's just mastered his technique so but so good that he can just run. And just do a little jump, and it doesn't really expend that much energy over the hurdles. I don't know, but it's just that if you watch his run, like if you ever it's want amazing. to, 
But what a race as well. What a race for Benjamin to go so close and and go on. I mean, he he said himself, if he um what did he run? Like 40, was he 46 or six or something like that? It was he was under the Olymp- he was under the previous yeah, Olympic record as well. And he'd said sorry, under the previous world record, I beg your pardon. He'd said um, you know, if someone said to him beforehand that he would uh, that you would run that time and not win. He said, "I would have, I would have uh, uh, beat you up and told you to get out of my room." Which, <laughs> yeah. To quote him, which I thought was a, which is a great quote. Yeah. But you can see that must be, and actually, that takes me to my next point. For maybe I'll, I'm actually for me very quickly, Olympic moment, uh, Laura Muir. Well, that's uh, I was going to ask you. Sorry, without, without a doubt, uh, and for me, the overall, oof, the sort of more broader Olympic moment. I'm not sure. Probably, probably, probably Laura Muir as well. Oh, I did really enjoy. Um, uh, I did really enjoy some of the non-athletic stuff. I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the BMX. Actually, bizarrely, that really that was just amazing. Um, anyway, but back on the the four hundred. So both first two guys break the world record. Fine. Then you see the the world record in the four hundred women, four hundred hurdles women, and then we had the fifteen hundred was amazing. And after all all three of those races, I heard loads of people saying best for fifteen hundred final of all time, best four hundred meter final of all time. And I'm wondering, I heard that a lot through these games on some sports. And I wonder, even where records aren't being broken, um, although more so when records are being broken, the pool, you get a lot of that. And I wonder, is there is this just our generation not remembering, you know, Corvette, Cram, you, go, yeah, going I, all, I, you know, yeah. I, I know that the athletes are fast now, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a better race. The 1500 no, meter men was amazing, but yeah. I'm not convinced. I think it's a big thing to say that was the best race of all time. Yeah. I think some of the races are, are hugely impressive. Like oh uh, yeah, four hundred hurdles. I think that that, that was that incredible. Was like breathtaking. Like that that kind of you're like whoa, what just happened there? But we also got to you know remember like the technology's improved. Like footwear. Like are these you know the amount of world records has been in the last couple of few years with spikes and carbon plates and things and, and you know just gen general learning the masters of the sport like. And, and you see it in swimming, there's always a world record and cycling is always a world record. You know, technology is advancing all the time, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, that just because you see a world record, does that mean it's the fastest, you know, the best race of all time? Probably not. You know, like what's wrong with the good old raw, you know, race like the Stephen, you know, Cohen event when they're just thrashing it out, you know, there's that. That just that rivalry and and you, you get some amazing races where it's just it's just just goes down to the wire and I think the you know like like you say I think the high jump was maybe it wasn't the best high jump in the world but it was it was up there you know I think yeah exciting but, but right, I mean, a spectacle yeah. yeah exciting yeah yeah like as it but it doesn't mean it's the best the best one um and like you say you know we're probably quite quite biased because we we don't watch you know we're not going to be around for the for the ends of time so we're never going to be able to you know unless yeah watch the archives but is that not i think that's an indictment to people who don't maybe don't watch back and i i we watched a couple of shows about oh you 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 watched that day you you know the good old super saturday london and just watching back some of these old uh, olympic finals was, was amazing to watch back uh and I think that's where maybe there's a bit of people or there's a lot of, and again, I'm not that informed actually. Uh, so maybe people are, uh, maybe people, it's easy to forget, but I mean, even like, you know, Gebra Selassie at the 10,000 in, uh, in Sydney, who was it he beat? Was it Paul Target, was it? 
anyway, yeah, I mean, that was an that's an amazing ten thousand. If you haven't watched that, you, uh, listeners, find it. It's yeah. definitely on YouTube somewhere. Go and watch that back. But that's yeah. where maybe that and it made me think when we were when we did our London uh, retro results last year. I really enjoyed that sort of. It was a big education for me, and it made me think maybe I should I should spend the next four yeah. years. Where do you, out of interest, <laughs> like you know, for the listeners, where do you find the the archives? Because you know they're not they're not like where are they? You know, you where, get, YouTube, if you look they, if you like, look hard enough on YouTube, you can get most Olympic finals. Uh, so, for example, if I say uh, when, when was LA? Was that 70, 1976? When was the LA Olympics? Um, uh, 1984, beg your pardon. 1984. Uh, so if I'm going to go, Pro yeah, there you go. So I've just googled it instantly. 1984, Los Angeles Olympics, Pro Event. That was a classic one. Uh, uh, with Cram, of course, um, in there yeah. as well. So anyway, there you go, listeners. So that's a challenge out to you to uh, to to uh, maybe we'll we'll start doing. Maybe we should read just retro results. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, but I think that maybe we should, uh, we've rambled a lot about the Olympics. We could maybe move on. The, although the, the, I think the perfect final thing is in Paris, we got a glimpse in person here of the, their, the Parisian red arrows cruising over with the, the, the tricolor because there was a ceremony and, and a party at the, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, I can never remember. Okay. Opposite, opposite Eiffel Tower. Uh, I'm blanking on that. Anyway, there was a, there was a, uh, a big party for the the, the, the Olympics are now three years away here, so that's quite exciting. Nice. Sadly, I think we'll be gone by then, which is quite frustrating. <laughs> You're coming back. That's that's what's about. Don't if, a, if HR are listening to this, you know, I'm I'm open to an extension. <laughs> I'm open to an extension to through to the end of 2024. <laughs> so what a winner that would cover me for the world, uh, the rugby world cup in 23 and the Olympics in 2024. <laughs> yeah. Time to be alive in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. So let's move move on on um, because we, we said this was going to be short. We've actually got a bit to cover. There was another uh, Scott in uh, in action at the international level, not the Olympics, but uh, at the top of mountain running. Um, I mean, it well go for it, Kyle. It may as well have been the Olympics for for trail running. Uh, now it's the Zier Zanal um, trail race, which is, I mean, it, it's a it's an amazing iconic mountain race uh and this year it was it's basically the, the race that all the runners are going to go to now robbie simpson was running he's done this race a few times now um but he came second which you know you'd be like a second in this race like this is all the pro athletes will come at this race and they'll race and you know i looked at the top 20 of the runners and they're all like you know you know their names killian journey won the race but he gave, you know, Robbie was only like 35, 40 seconds behind him. Now, Killian's like, you know, as, as people say, he's like the, the goat of of um, of ultra trail running. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, a, a remarkable run by Robbie Simpson. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, what is it? It's 30, God, it's an hour, of course. Uh, it's 30 something K. It's, yeah, it's 31 K. Uh, two two thousand two hundred meters of of elevation gain and a thousand meters of descent, um. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a pinnacle race in the the trail running calendar. So, a uh, congratulations, a massive congratulations to Robbie. I think it's you know one of his best performances he's he's had. Uh. So yeah, well done to Robbie, and uh, it'd be great to get him on the show and catch up with all things trail running. Uh, he's you know Robbie's a modest guy. Uh, as well, and it's just amazing just watching his progress and looking forward to seeing how he runs at Chamonix. He's going to be doing the OCC, yeah, I think. 
Um, so he's got a, a massive chance to win that, which again is going to be going to be exciting. And that's at the end of the the, the month. And, and you know, the last time we were doing it, the last race it was we were there, weren't we? You know, you were keeping me right. You know, keeping absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going some 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 amazing memories. Uh, but yeah, yeah, be good to see how he gets on there. Here, I I, I mean, I think it's. He was saying, quote, was saying it was his best second place. All right, that he really, the way he, un- he unfolded, and yeah, well done, Robbie. Yeah, Brilliant. superb. So, so let's motor off some of the other results we have. Um, so it's been, as we said, you know, we're starting to see some more races that are that are coming to the mix. Um, now I see we had the half dram that so it's a Dundee half marathon was on at the weekend. Uh, so I'll give you a, a, a mix of or uh, the top three placings. So our first place was Alan Christie, uh, one thirteen thirty six. Gordon Lennox, one fourteen fifty four, and your third place was uh, one sixteen twenty six. Andrew Kirk. Uh, so Alan Christie is a Metro guy, and he's a veteran. I didn't realize he was a veteran, but you know I don't know how they grade your veterans here, but. Uh, yeah, great, great run by yourself, Alan. That would be good to good to meet you at some point. And uh, your female results were Nicola McDonald. So again, Metro one one a Metro win win there. That's what it's about. One ten. Jennifer Harrison, uh, who I think is a is she a Pfeiffer? I think she's a Pfeiffer. Uh, she is Pfeiffer. a Pfeiffer C, indeed. Yeah, yeah one twenty four forty two, and your third place goes to Metro Aberdeen as well. Chloe Gray, one twenty nine, dead. So there you go. Now you're. I'm just going to go with the veteran prizes initially. So as we said, Alan Christie got the first. Robert Harrison got the second in one seventeen. Money Fief Tri Club and George McKinley, Dundee Roadrunners, one seventeen fifty four. Your veteran. I like these results, although I've just put veteran, but I don't think it's got veteran females. So they've they've done a wee blip there. Um. Yeah, can I get the veteran females, unfortunately, folks? Can I or can't I? Yeah, I can't. I'll uh, I'll just Janet Dixon, first place, 13005. Second is Alison McNeely, 13018. And your third veteran is 13122, Jennifer Learmoth. Uh so yeah, that's, that's one race. Um there's a couple other ones I'll quickly ramble through unless you've you've got them yourself there do you well next one next one i've got is uh is the glenshee nine which is a oh. which is a, a big going from the the hilly streets of dundee to the actual hills around the monroe's around glen uh around glenshee and uh is that one you've run before uh do you know what i looked at uh on friday and i thought i wonder if i could do that and then i thought nah i mean you know i'm training for a flat race that's got like 10 meters of elevation it's going to be no use for man, right, or, right. man or beast to, to do something as daft as that. So I decided against it. Um, very very sensible. It, you know, they probably got struck by lightning or something. So, well, it was. Uh, it, it's you know, we're, it's just great to see these results coming back. And it was a win for Andrew Fallis, Carnegie Hill Racing Club, three fifteen, uh, three fifteen thirty five actually, because the second place was uh, Shelton's Joe Simmons, three fifteen fifty one. So. Only sixteen, only sixteen seconds back after three and a quarter hours of racing. Yeah. What I, I mean, that's yeah. just incredibly yeah. exciting. And actually, when you what I love, the results are really well done. Results they've got the positions on the various checkpoints, and you can see actually 
uh, how the race unfolded. Uh, Joe was in first uh, over the eight. Karen, um, it flipped. A, it flipped a couple of times, and yeah, just uh, oh, just really, really quite impressive. So that was a uh, that was all. And third place, Sam McCutcheon, Christophan. Now, Sam, I don't know if you know about Sam. So Nat, Sam's a New Zealander. The first time I met Sam was at the... Remember I did the Tarawira Ultra in New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Oh, he, interesting. So oh, very I, good. Um, so he, he ended up... He was he got the, the third place there. Uh, so that was part of like the Ultra Trail World Tour. And I think, was I fifth or something? Um, and then he, he moved to Scotland. So I've never met him yet. I haven't met him in Scotland yet, but like he's obviously doing some damage. Yeah, he's doing, in, doing the tour. The, the, the ultra trail races uh, around here as well. So yeah, great run from, from that's Sam. A good, uh, that's a good bit of inside knowledge that we've got uh, yeah, yeah. a New Zealander. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, he won't be allowed, his problem is he won't be allowed to go home. Or our problem is that he won't be allowed to go home to New Zealand at the moment. He's during our, off, so so, so, no, so he's, he uh, he's here to stay by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm but joking. he was, and actually, what? So he was, he was about a minute and a half back, and then in fourth, we'll just do top five. Fourth place, James Espy, uh, local runner, D side runners. He's been on the show. Three nineteen sixteen. James, he went out like the clappers, led up the first, uh, first oh, turn by about thirty seconds, and then oh, he yeah. faded back. So that's uh, funny. I, James is a, you know, he's a, a biding your time kind of guy. You know, bides his time, and uh, you know, slow and steady wins the race. So. Interesting to see him, you know, leading from the from chest out at the start. Gun, that looks right. I mean, again, I'm going on the results in front of me. Yeah. And then rounding out your top five, it was Alistair Campbell, uh, no club there, 322, 33. On the female side, uh, 11th place overall, but first female was uh, Jill Stephen, HB2, in 30, uh, sorry, 345, 13. Uh, she was uh, way, way up the road. Uh, second place was... Polis, uh, Polius Pecura, Pecuria, Pecu, apologies for that terrible pronunciation, Polius, uh, Westlands Cross Country Club uh, in 353.10, and third place in the women's side was Sophie Horrocks, also of Carnethy Hill Racing Club in four hours and 48 seconds. Wow. Well done, everyone. There you go. There you big go. Field, and, a big, and a big field there, Cal. That was 165 finishers. And to uh, just just because you your new favorite subject, there was about twenty DNFers. So 20. I don't know, I don't know what you want to say to them. Bang your heads in shame. <laughs> I hope I hope it was. I'm joking. I'm I'm half joking. Uh, I'm sure. I think, you, I think I think this is a different a different I, type I, of uh, event. I, I, I think I think Olympic a, a lot of people kicking off. You know the fact that I'm calling the pe- calling calling out the people who DNF. I hope it just I hope it doesn't bite me in the ass. You know. When when I DNF, uh, so yeah, I'm I've got a lot of I've got a lot to work up to now. Eh? Um, like all these all these people who gave you money for the treadmill challenge would be disgusting. <laughs> oh shit, that wasn't really a DNF. <laughs> Technically, it was twenty four hours. How far can you go in twenty four hours? You know, I was in bed at hour twenty three, mind you, but I was still I still got a distance within twenty four hours. But I, to be honest, I've I've DNF'd a couple of marathons when I've run as long as I can and I just can't continue on. I have also DNF'd a ten k when I couldn't be asked. I was I was ashamed of myself. It was on the track at Aberdeen, and uh, I was just done. And I was thinking, this no, nah, what am I doing? What am I doing here? But in my defence, that's not the Olympic marathon. It's not one off or every one every four years. Anyway, sorry. Back to results. Back to results. I mean, I'm just looking at. It. We've got a whole array of results, and you know, I I think we just have to stop at some point and say, nah, we're not going to you know list them all. But 
the you know a couple of notable ones, and I'm going to rattle through them quickly. Is the Danoon 10k coastal road race now? If, if any of you guys have been to Danoon or girls have been to Danoon, it's, a, it's flat as a pancake, I think, and flat-ish as a pancake. Um, so, but the 10K, uh, you know, showed that Jamie Crow can run a 3019 Central AC, former interview of the, the show. Uh, yeah, great run by, by Jamie Fergus Roberts, former triathlete. Oakle Hill run as he runs for now. Uh, interesting. 30.44, so speedy time by Fergus. You and Brian got the second place, uh, you know, a, 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 a regular to the, the Scottish running scene, 32.03, Kostorfin. And your, your, your female results are Leslie Blackwood, 39.35, uh, Mel Curl, 41.18, and Mary Senior, I think her surname is. Uh, I hope it's her surname. It's not a, you know, that she's, she's not a senior anyway. She's a V40, so hopefully that is her surname. 42.25. So uh, yeah, there you go, and uh, a couple of other. Well, results. I can, let me. I'll move. I'll pick up the next one. So let me go. I'm going to go for the the really, really um, because I can open this one, and that was a team one. It's uh, it's one up near our way actually, so it's good to give them a shout out. Um, so very quickly, it was. Um, uh, damn it! It's, my results have disappeared. Here we go. Sorry. Uh, for some reason, I've only got women's results here, but I know I've got both. Sorry, bigger pun. Uh, L and A C ladies were the winners in three hours and two minutes. Uh, I have no context on on this uh, event how far it is. Um, they beat their B team who were three forty two, and then it was third place was JSK Whiteface for three forty six. The men's side uh, two fifty four for the win. Uh, the Revengers team, well done those guys. Jog Scotland Hatton team two in second in 307 and uh NDRC team C again. I've no idea what NDRC stands for. So if you run for NDRC, please let it get in touch and tell us three hours 13. 27 miles the race was eh? it? 27 miles. Okay, very good. Really? Right, brilliant. Uh now the only the only other one I was going to give a shout out to was the, oh, for God's sake, I've lost my, my train of thought here. Uh, no, I haven't lost my train of thought. I uh, is a Cape, Cape Wrath Ultra. Uh, now, the only reason I wanted to give it a shout out, two reasons. I think it's an awesome event. I would love to do it, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's quite expensive, mind you. But it's a, it's a multi-stage race uh, that goes from Fort William all the way up to... Uh, the top of Scotland and uh, Ian Stewart was a winner in 50 hours and 39 eight day stage race it is so they but it just looks remarkably scenic it just looks beautiful now even if I wasn't to do the race I'd love to just run it just for bands you know just to see what it's like and uh, but Ian Stewart in 50 hours and 39 minutes Sally Fawcett who I ran at the World Trail Running Champs uh, with she came second overall in 52 56 23 and uh, third overall female was Lisa. Third overall and third second female was Lisa Watson, fifty three twenty five, and uh, and then your your third female was Sabrina Vergi, who is the record holder for the Lands End of John O'Groats in fifty eight sixteen forty seven, and uh, yeah yeah. So so that plus um, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Zveti. Orohina, who was got the fifth place as well, who uh, ran 64 hours and 24 minutes 
and uh, I've been just watching her progress and supporting her. An amazing result from her uh, to get to the finish line. You know, our last couple of days of having an injury, so it was a brute. You know what it's like when you've got an injury, Tommy, in an ultra. It's nay, it's nay nicer. You know, you just try to get to the end. But she, overall, fifth place, absolutely delighted for her. Uh, so well done, Zvetti, for that run too. So there you go. That's the results, Tommy. Uh, and I think I'm I'm spent. I think I'm. I'm, I'm I'm all I'm all out. So that all yeah. that all that leaves us then, Kyle, is TRS run of the week. TRS run of the week. Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I I think there's. I've got to say, there's only yeah. there's only two options there. Lauren, I think it's going to be a double. You know, a, a joint, a joint. Um. Uh, yeah. I think uh, we've we've already chosen our Olympic highlights. So pretty much matches that, doesn't it? Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, Josh. <laughs> Josh, it's got to be so. Lauren, Josh, you know, just you just give us a buzz when you're ready to, you know, chat about your experience and your 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 uh, you know your not your bronze or your silver, your your TRS run of the week uh, mantelpiece. So we've uh, we're out of time, listeners, but uh, we haven't had much. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't had much time to speak about uh, Kyle's preparation. So, but do not be do not worry. Um, we can get a quick rattle through it now. But next week. We're going all in ACP. ACP 100K is coming up a week on Saturday, Kyle. Saturday, it's a week Saturday. It's a week Saturday, not Sunday. So a week Saturday. So next week, we're going to have Kyle's full breakdown, how his training's going, how he's feeling, what's giving us a bit of chat about how the week's going to go ahead. And then, um, and yeah, then the week after, we'll be able to, to get the reflections, maybe hear from some of the teammates as well. Well, I think it'd be more exciting, you know, hearing from my teammates than, than me, that's for sure. Rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, but no, not not much to say. You know, the training's been going really well. I did a marathon run on, at the weekend. Uh, pretty humid, you know, moaning about the temperature and stuff, but I, I went off probably a bit too too hard based on what I was doing, you know, and the fuel I was taking, but it was okay. It was good. Uh, I'm getting confident. I'm getting my massages now. And I'm getting, I'm starting to feel like I'm peaking, which is good. And it's not often I can, I, I peak these days because I don't know, you know, I don't have any races or goals other than a treadmill challenge that's <laughs> been the last goal that I've had. So I, I, it'll just be nice just to race, you know, and I'm, regardless of what happens, I'm just thankful that I'm, firstly, I'm, I'm getting to represent Scotland and secondly, I'm getting to go and, and you know, tow a race and get to the start line in okay shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, those two things I'm I'm hugely grateful for and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what I can do. And, and you know, the rate, running's all about, you know, you, it, it, there's a team element there as well, but, you know, a, a lot of running is about your journey and, you know, how you, you know, and, and it's quite a lonely sport. It can be quite a lonely sport when you're doing it. Um, but the training and, and the sacrifices, I say sacrifices, you know, managing my time, getting up early and, you know, knowing that I'm going out for a run and I'm missing the family and stuff. It's, uh, it can be quite, and going away to Ireland, it's just, you know, they're not coming and all those little things, you know, it's quite, it can be quite emotional and, uh, and it, it, but it's certainly rewarding at the same time. So you got to yeah. make sure, you got to make sure you make it all worth it then. Exactly. On the day. Exactly. So no dick in a boot, you know, no five minute miles at the start of the race. So, it's 100k it's not a 10k so we'll see we'll, we'll be okay i'm looking forward to hearing about it next week it's very exciting it's good to hear one of us towing a lot towing a proper race line again that's great and you've our, our top stage you've got your rollerblading at the start <laughs> next next july sorry <laughs> i do you know this is this is a this is a i i, I uh, rode with a cycling club on the weekend 
Ah, oh, Tommy. Dear, oh dear. The dark oh. side is I'm being pulled, but no, don't don't worry. Listen, yeah. I also entered I also entered a bucket load of 10Ks and passed through the window. So don't you worry, oh, I'll be nice. it's gonna happen. We can talk about that uh, in a couple oh, of weeks' yeah. time. Brilliant. Right. Well, on that note, folks, thanks for listening to our rambling. Sorry we didn't have an interview, but I'm sure you would have been entertained nonetheless. If not, then didn't he listen, eh? So yeah, he says no, yeah. There's no more there's no more interview coming up if you've waited this far. Sorry. Have a good week, listeners. Have a good week, Kyle. We'll see you next week.